0: Welcome to the Fright Lab. I'm Lucas Yoakum. And with me tonight is a man who is used to endurance challenges, Mr. Joseph Wren. Joe, how are we feeling tonight?
1: We are feeling spooky, my friend. It's that time of year when we get to celebrate all things candy. I'm sorry, we're talking about 31 days of Halloween. A celebration of history, folklore storytelling there's some truth in that story maybe but i think for the majority of people this is the time of year when things get cold they get spooky and they get fun i'm excited how are you tonight all of you gruesome people have you lined up your favorite halloween films because the time is now We're a little late to the start of the month, but not that much. How have you been celebrating the first week of the month, Lucas? Well, you know, that is... uh, Let's dig into this episode. And I
0: I will try to answer that to the best of my abilities uh, kind of after the fact. So, you know, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, the temperatures are starting to cool. Leaves of the trees are changing colors. It's beginning to feel like autumn At long last, and for those of you who live in the Midwest, you understand that autumn can be 35 degrees, can be 65 degrees, or it can be 95 degrees, just depending literally on how the wind blows. I digress. For those of us who are this excited about horror and about autumn, that can only mean one thing. It's officially the spooky season. Now, I know that some of us only celebrate a more orthodox spooky season, beginning in October. But all that means is that it's time for us to discuss a yearly tradition, and something that I know many of you already take part in, the 31 Days of Halloween Challenge, aka the 31 Days of Horror Films, or as I tend to call it, 31 or 31. For the uninitiated, The 31 Days of Halloween Challenge is fairly easy on paper. Starting with October 1st, you have 31 days to watch 31 horror movies. Seems simple, right? The breakdown comes out to one movie a day, every day, through the month of October. And seeing as that it is the spooky season, virtually every streaming app will be showing a lot of horror movies. Every store that sells movies will have some Halloween deals going on, and I'm even willing to wager that your local library will have beefed up their horror media selection for the month. Off the top of your head, Joe, do you remember the first time you ever heard of the 31 for 31 challenge?
1: Who knows, my friend? It was sometime in the last 10 to 15 years. The internet used to be a place where people came up with Interesting ideas, such as let's take some time to celebrate the themes of horror for 31 days. After all, we all love the month of October. Nowadays, everything feels like a ripoff of a ripoff of a ripoff. I wish I could tell you for certain when I heard about this challenge. I know that when I did hear about it, it just sounded like a good reason to watch horror films and that was all i needed to enjoy myself throughout the month of october
0: yeah i i have to be honest like i don't have any real recollection of where i think i first heard of it i want to guess and say it might have been around 2018 or 2019 uh at the time i thought it was just like a silly fun way to spend a month And that gave me more than an excuse to just like sit around and think about horror movies for a bit, right? Um, As some of you know, many years ago, I wrote for a now-defunct horror magazine, um, and I I think I wrote an article uh, back in that point to to kind of talk about it. Uh, It was just a frivolous way that one could celebrate a holiday, and I thought that of the ways we frivolously celebrate holidays, it was the most amusing, To start, I think that way because it's sort of thumbing its nose at Christmas. We all know that we'll be seeing Christmas ads and merch within mere moments of the first autumn leaf dropping. We don't get the 12 days of Christmas.
1: No, 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 no. We get 60. You get six months if you're in the retail industry. Uh, Yeah, no joke. Starts in August, my friend. It's not fair. I mean, I think I've been
0: in three stores in the last two weeks and seen three Christmas displays already. And it is not even like fully into mid October. I like
1: Christmas. One at a time, please. Yeah, you know,
0: some of you who have met me or know me personally know that I have a, shall we say, highly acidic reaction to Christmas. And I find that Christmas creep, you know what I'm talking about? To be really annoying and frankly, kind of crass. So having a Halloween tradition that seems to be taking a swipe of that is, you know, just really entertaining to me. And we are going to talk about the ins and outs of how one approaches the 31 days challenge, how one comes up with their 31 days list, and so on. But this is the Fright Lab, and so I started wondering about some of the other implications of the celebration. Specifically, is this challenge a binge, or is it closer to a movie marathon? And what separates the two? Let's take a closer look. I'm generally interested in the sometimes occulted power of nuance. The subtle distinctions between two points makes a huge difference. So what separates a marathon from a binge? In pop culture, we don't make much of a distinction between those two ideas. We describe some shows as binge-worthy or binge-inducing. And I would argue that most people in our audience have binge-watched something in the last 10 years. Uh, I recall the first time I saw True Detective Season 1. I watched the first episode on the recommendation of a friend, and I thought it was interesting, so I, uh, on the next night, watched the next episode, and I was instantaneously hooked. I watched every episode that had been released up to that point, and I was extremely disappointed when I realized I had to wait another week for the final episode to come out. Being up till 2 a.m. watching the darkest TV show produced in America within the last decade might have been fun, but it did no favors for my professional life. So if watching that much back-to-back True Detective isn't a binge, I don't really know what is. So with that in mind, let's settle upon a quick definition. Binge watching is a compulsive or unintentional watching all of or most of a media property in a short span, such as one sitting. We're sort of in a new era of episodic media. Using HBO as our example, they have released two of the three series that I have watched front to back. Chernobyl and True Detective, albeit only the first season. They are also responsible for Westworld, Girls, True Detective, Flight of the Concords, Band of Brothers, True Blood, Sex in the City, and Game of Thrones. Again, there is a high chance that our audience has seen more than one of these shows. And let's get real, there is a lot of high quality, long form episodic programming going on right now. Personally, it's not for me. But it's hard to ignore the massive impact on our media landscape that happens
1: there. And it might be worth mentioning that as younger teenagers who really started to watch a lot of long-form media, when it wasn't trendy, HBO set the standard for what would be the episodic experience, at least for me. I can't speak for what was always present in the BBC because I think there's something to be said for shows from all over the world. But when you're not exposed to a network like BBC 1, 2, however many there are, <laughs> and you're not used to getting one long-form six-episode series every couple years, that turns into what started... On HBO, at least for me, you mentioned Sex and the City. I didn't watch it, but I know that was one of the big names at the beginning. I think Oz was the other one that everybody talked about. Then you get The Sopranos. Yes, exactly. Game of Thrones and insert the current series of shows that I'll be honest, there's so much TV right now. I'm not watching all of it, but I'm trying to make this point that for us, for the world that we lived in or the world that we grew up in, HBO kind of set the standard that everybody else started to pull from. Right,
0: exactly. So, the, you know, as Joe put it, the point of this little digression, these shows sort of lend themselves well to binge watching. You mean to watch one or two episodes and you end up watching nearly the whole season at once. There's some arguments about whether or not this sort of thing is actually like good for you. As always, I've included some articles in the show notes debating the relative merits or harms of binge watching programs. Personally, I don't know. I think it's a form of escapism and that can either be good or bad, depending on why you're doing it. Our astute listeners might notice that I have been exclusively talking about episodic programs and not movies. So can you binge-watch movies? I think so, but I think it is harder to do. The format of cinema, even the most mainstream of cinema, tends towards individual films being isolated in terms of plot. They cover one event or a set of events, and that format doesn't lend itself too well towards cliffhangers and long like continuities or story arcs, with the exceptions of Marvel, but... We all know my opinion there. (laughs) Sure, most of the Halloween films feature Michael Myers. But do you want to watch 12 Halloween films in one afternoon? So that brings me to movie marathons. Joe, you're one of the few people I know who's like more media-soaked than
1: me. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Have you ever marathoned a movie series? Absolutely. Any media, any art, anything that you have not experienced from the beginning as part of the formula, be it episodic or the classic trilogies or sequel ongoing films, star Wars. We weren't alive for that. The Godfather. I was alive for three, but one and two were there. I had not seen those when I was very small. So Before streaming was an accessible thing for the majority of people, you either had DVD box sets, VHS box sets, or you had the library, your local video store, and we're bringing it all back to our good friend, the video store. (laughs) Absolutely, I have. Because I wanted to see, hear, experience those stories. I've sat down when I had access to it and watched the entire Godfather trilogy I've done the same with Star Wars I've done the same with the classic television series pick your favorites Battlestar Galactica is not one of mine but I sat through it because everybody said it was good classic Star Trek classic anything sci-fi really or pick your favorites from when you were a kid I will sit down right now I wasn't a kid when this came out and watch all of Ultraman that's um, just give me a chance. It's a weirdly
0: deep cut. Like <laughs> not, not many Ultraman fans running around Bring on the days. Kaiju,
1: my friend, bring on the Kaiju.
0: Well, yeah. And like, as someone who has spent the last couple of days, eyeballing uh DVD box sets of the entire tales from the crypt series. I get it,
1: man. Godzilla is a perfect example. Oh, Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. Oh no, <laughs>
0: no, no, that's perfectly fine. Um, well, it's interesting. You bring that up, right? Like, The Tales from the Crypt, like that's an early series. And I believe that was HBO, wasn't it? Yes, it
1: was. It started with HBO, and near the end of its life cycle, I'm going to get the timeline technically crooked here, but Mm -hmm. there was a point when it was running on HBO and on syndication. That's right. uh, I believe it was Fox. It was, yeah. And it was more edited than I was aware of at the time, but that's the first place I saw it was late night on regular over the air television.
0: Um our local St. Louis Fox station at the time I believe was Fox 30. Yes. And um I remember watching those as a little kid
1: and them be I mean even though they were chopped up you still got the point. They were pretty gruesome. How do you feel about squid on a stick? Asking for a friend.
0: (laughs) I know exactly the episode. (laughs) All I'm going to say is y'all are going to have a little slice of meatloaf, if you know what I mean. That's some good meatloaf, though. Fans who know, know. no. Opportunity, bless my soul. So, that means for our purposes, I think we have kind of a good definition for movie marathon. Our definition, just for our purposes, intentionally attempting to watch a series of movies based around a singular series or films connected in some way, such as an actor, plot device, or the like. Movie marathons may be undertaken by a single individual, but are commonly done as a community
1: event. Does it have to be in the same series, or can it be the same theme? Something like Monster Vision back in the day, or anything late night grindhouse.
0: Okay, so like here's one way you could look at it, and we'll kind of deal with this a little bit later on, but Werner Herzog doesn't talk about the same thing in every movie, but you could binge or you could do a movie marathon rather of a bunch of Werner Herzog movies back to back or Nicholas Cage is not in a number of long form series, but you could absolutely do a cage rage and just try to just push through as many Nicholas Cage films in one afternoon as possible. Um, I don't think that's necessarily good for your mental health, <laughs> but it is doable. So, Trying to find some sort of like historical context for movie marathons is, well, it's a pretty frivolous thing, isn't it? That's like looking for the history of popsicles. It's probably out there and someone has to have written about it by now. But, you know, does it really matter? No, of course not. It doesn't really matter. But it is something that sparks the imagination of Fright Lab types. I still think back being in my early teens and trying to do an all-night movie marathon and mostly failing them at the time, I think the first successful one for me was a late-night viewing of the original three Alien films. I even had it on the original Alien Trilogy VHS box set.
1: Oh, VHS box sets. The (sighs) original trilogy distribution machine, my friend. And more importantly... The Alien Trilogy? Those were the days, right? In my heart, it's still a trilogy. We don't talk about Resurrection. Mm. It doesn't need to be talked about, but it is pretty funny to watch Ripley just break into some serious basketball moves. Uh, You know...
0: I'll talk about resurrection someday. I'm sure I'll probably be like episode 486. <laughs> um, I have very strong feelings about the director of that film. Um, I feel about him the way I feel about Pascal Logier. And uh, for those fans who know, they know. Um, yeah. Anyway, before I start talking about Alien Resurrection and suddenly find myself absolutely apoplectic, I don't. I didn't use that word correctly. <laughs> before I find myself absolutely insane with rage, anyway. Okay, so, movie marathons really feel like something in our pop cultural lexicon. This idea of turning the act of watching a couple of movies into some sort of like act of daring. Going back to the Halloween series, it'd be a little impressive if you managed to actually get through the 12 Halloween films featuring Michael Myers in one go right? Silly, frivolous, maybe even an outright waste of a day, but still a little heroic in some sense, right? Maybe it's that we don't want our crass consumption of media to just be crass consumption. I can see how that perspective might hurt some feelings, make you feel as if you've just been lazy, rather like the binge-watching experience, it's important to remember that streaming platforms or cable television stations want your eyes and attention for as long as possible, especially if ad revenue is involved. We are still dealing with an environment that wants you to be a consumer and not much else. But I would argue that the movie marathon is not only the polar opposite of the binge, but that the movie marathon actually can be something sort of liberating maybe. You are choosing to spend time with a specific idea or a specific series, probably with a community of people you care about, doing something that will ultimately deepen that community connection. Not only that, but movie marathons can be a wild ride through the concept of media literacy. If you decide to watch all three iterations of The Student of Prague in an afternoon, You are learning a lot, quickly, about cinematic history and horror films. And who amongst us doesn't want that?
1: I think that's a good distinction between a marathon and a binge. A binge is an ongoing story that you consume all at once, long form. A marathon is a concept that you set out to consume. Like you said earlier, and I think Halloween is a great example, I never said, I want to watch Halloween 6, or I want to see Leprechaun in Space. And yet, when I had access to all the films, I said, why not watch all of these and see how they are? Including Leprechaun in the Hood, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, it, It has its place, although I'm not totally understanding where that place is. I think that's a good distinction, though. The only one thing... is a story, and one is an idea, or at least a theme.
0: The only thing I can say about Leprechaun and the Hood is, don't forget there's a whole sequence in the middle of that movie where the Leprechaun raps.
1: There's also a sequel called Back to the Hood. We truly live in lawless times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the 31 for 31 challenge is not in the strictest sense, a marathon. And it definitely isn't a binge, right? It is a test of dedication, of time allocation, and to see if you can generate a sort of media momentum over the period of a month. Remember what I said. It seems simple, right? Well, that's until you start asking yourself, how do I want to do this? I won't presume to tell you how you should make your own 31 days of horror, but there are some careful considerations you might want to make. To start, this is not a competition. Rest assured, no one other than fellow horror nerds are going to be at all impressed that you managed to pull this off. It is a gold star you can give yourself, but it doesn't get any points off your driver's license, right? Another thing What's your structure? There are a virtually endless number of ways you could write out your own list. As a rule, I try to come up with a list that is equally constructed of films I know and love, along with stuff I have never seen before. (laughs) One could, theoretically, split that list down the middle. 15 of each, plus one wildcard film. Or you might try to put down like a baseline parameter slashers only or must star Christopher Lee, Vincent Price and or Peter Cushing films from 1990 onward. You get the idea. I've even seen some lists that say you need to pick a year and either go backwards or forwards in cinematic history, i.e. from 2023 to 1992. I've sometimes thought it could be an interesting test of patience to, like, take a long-running series of films and try to do them all in one month. So, for instance, there are 13 Halloween movies when you reintroduce Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Then there are 12 Friday the 13th films, including Freddy vs. Jason. So that's 25 films total. Then there are five Phantasm movies. Yes. And that <laughs> brings you to 30. So throw in a wild card, like... I don't know, the, the Garfield Halloween special or just something equally daffy. And that brings you the 31. Now, would I try to pull that off? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Most of the Friday the 13th series is basically unwatchable in my opinion, but you get the idea. You can be as Byzantine or as plain about this as you want. No matter how you decide to approach it, this list is highly personal. You can really go hog wild coming up with new permutations of this or you could be an absolute gremlin about it and not come up with any list at all. Just improv your way through the month with no plan whatsoever. It's your Halloween. So make it about you. And kind of a final thought. What's your timing? You have 31 days to pull this off. So are you watching one a night every night? Are you going to watch two going to try to knock it out in three weeks? I've typically ended up watching more than 31 in a month. I think the highest I managed once was something like 42, but that was back in 2020 pandemic times. Mostly we just didn't have anything else going on at that time period. You know what I mean? So, Joe, we're right about halfway
1: through the month. Have you been trying the 31 Challenge this year? I really wanted to sit down every single day and watch something seasonal, something Halloween, and it didn't happen, but that's okay. I spend most of my evenings the month of October either watching... Something that reminds me of Halloween, or something that's scary. I think the one film genre I try to stay away from this time of year are the truly disturbing thriller films. You know which ones I'm talking about. The ones that are more about you and less about ah, (laughs) man. Maniac is a good example. I have to I, say,
0: I, I you know, I've got to disagree. I'm going to say that Maniac is a horror film, if only for continuity's sake. It is literally the first episode of the series. But is it Halloween? Ooh, you know that's an interesting point, right? Like Maniac feels very wintry to me, but it does not feel Halloweeny.
1: No, it's to it's me. a horror movie for sure. Sure, sure. But it's not. Maybe we're gonna dig ourselves a hole here and say there are in fact more rules than we thought (laughs) it's not a slasher it's not science Mm. fiction it's not spooky it's not a witch it's not evil it's very evil but it's not an essence of evil it's literally a madman and that i don't think is part of the season now somebody will say why is michael myers part of the season Because the movie is called Halloween, blame John Carpenter. Good luck. For me, this time of year, I want to be scared, but I also want to laugh. It's like going to a haunted house for me. Mm. I want to be part of the experience, but I want to participate, if that's the right word to use. So what I tend to do and what I've been doing this year is going back to my old college habit of I have no access to cable television for the next five to six days, depending on what type of week it was, because I did live in a dorm. So my strategy was I need at least four films, a TV series, and a couple concerts. And that's what I've been doing either off of my own library or off of your streaming service of choice. And I've been trying to pull that in. This is what I have available to watch this week and I want to hear your thoughts or at least your strategy this year because I think we should also talk about some of our choices for the 31 days.
0: Well, okay, we- okay so I'm glad you actually brought that up because I'm going to do something that I don't know that I've ever done on the show. I'm going to read you my 31 or 31 list. Um, For those of you who uh, followed me personally on Twitter last year, uh, I kind of did like a weird live tweet thing, which is primarily just to amuse myself more than it was anything else. Um, But for those of you who actually still are on Twitter, good God, why are you? Um,
1: (laughs) I I have a place for you to go. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Well, no, we're going to talk about it now, albeit
0: briefly. We've started a Discord and I've been kind of doing the same thing on our Discord. Um, we'll give you the address at the end because we really want you all there. We really want to chat with you all and you know kind of get to hear from you guys and talk about the show. But uh, before I uh, ramble too far off onto that subject, here is the 2023 list for me, okay? And this is in no particular order. I have not been watching these as they are listed. So, uh, Dagon, it follows The Void, Carnival of Souls, Darklands, Broadcast Signal Intrusion, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, the first of my double features uh, in One Night, Children of the Corn, the original, as well as The Omen, the original, Romero's Season of the Witch, The Shining, the original, uh, you know, the original, Ringu. The second double feature, The Grudge and Ju-on, The Grudge, in one night. Possession, the uh, Isabella Adjani vi- uh, vehicle. Bad Things, The Endless, the mostly forgotten 2000s thriller, What Lies Beneath, really good movie. Poison for the Fairies, One Missed Call, the Japanese one. The Vigil. The Autopsy of Jane Doe, Terrified, Prom Night, 1980, the original Jamie Lee Curtis, God, what a terrible movie, Messiah of Evil, The Mask of the Red Death, that's right, Vincent Price, baby, Mandy, The Goetia Diaries, Il Demonio, Suspiria, the original. I cannot do both Suspirias in one night. That's like five and a half hours. Lake of the Dead. Videodrome.
1: And finally, as above, so below. That's a very good list, my friend. I have to say, that needs to be in the show notes. Uh, you know. Somebody's gonna want to go back. Yeah, okay. That's fair.
0: Um, yeah, so the that's my 31 list. Again, I try to split it down the middle, like those of you who follow the show know that I love It Follows. I've watched it plenty of times, but I'll be damned if I'm getting through a Halloween without watching It Follows. Just It's just going to happen. The Autopsy of Jane Doe, I watched uh, several years ago. It's really good and really upsetting, but I only watched it once, so we're going to watch it again. Mandy, I I just... What can I say about that movie? Talking about Nicolas
1: Cage, man, I just absolutely adore that film. <laughs> For me, I start the same way every year. I go down, I scroll my library with my left hand, and I pull out three films Trick or Treat, Halloween Three, Season of the Witch. Okay. Yeah. And the Charlie Brown Halloween special. Okay. The Great Pumpkin, my friend. I'm going to watch those three at some point throughout the month. One is my past, one is my present, one is before my time. And depending on how close we are to the holiday itself, that's when I bring those out. Plus, you have to be honest, the Great Pumpkin is a great thing to have on your shelf when your niece and nephews come over. But then I go really, really dark and start pulling out these supernatural horror thrillers that we have been talking about on this podcast for the last 25 episodes Yes, including bad CGI sharks That was right before Halloween Don't hate me (laughs) Um, I try to choose films Based on my memory And how much I enjoyed them And I think some of the scariest movies Or some of the most enjoyable scary movies for me Anything that's on a VHS tape That I saw in the 90s But I have to say Tonight is going to be The Fly Uh, Jeff
0: Goldblum Okay, the Cronenberg the Fly. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Oh, I, I hope you don't eat dinner before that. Or in the middle, because man,
1: that's that's really something. Is it a horror movie? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a horror movie, Joe. No shit. I got the impression you had not seen Trick or Treat before.
0: I have. Um, audience, I'm gonna have to part with an incredibly ugly secret. And I know some of you are not gonna like me after this, and I understand. I can't stand that movie. I think Trick or Treat is so bad and I don't like and again, you know what I always say, like what you like. Don't listen to me. If you like Trick or Treat, if it's like part of your essential viewing, groovy. Keep that a part of your essential viewing. But man, I just don't get the fandom of that movie. You know, I you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Hocus Pocus. You know the the kind of like Halloween comedy? All of the sudden in the last 5 years, Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus. Everyone loves Hocus Pocus. We all have such good memories. Of Hocus. No you don't. No you don't. No one liked that movie when it came out and it's just that Spirit Halloween got
1: the rights to make costumes finally. I have to disagree my friend. I have been watching Hocus Pocus since it was first released on VHS and I was one of the people who didn't understand the hate. It is I, I don't a better then average, eat your popcorn, enjoy the theme of the season film. I don't hate Pocus Pocus.
0: It's not my it's not my bag, like it's not a movie I particularly enjoy, but you know, whatever. If, again, rather like Trick or Treat, if that's what oh, the movie you want to watch for Halloween. Groovy, not everybody's gonna watch Cannibal Holocaust, not everybody's gonna watch the blood on Satan's Claw. You get my idea. I,
1: I don't think we can compare Trick or Treat to the Blood on Satan's Claw. <laughs> That is not fair. No, it's absolute- just for that. You have to watch all the Conjuring films. The hell I will. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> anyway, no, I, I think ultimately, like, I don't get trick or treat. And
1: if you get it, great, man. I'm, I'm going to try to sell you on one thing. Oh, fuck. Here we go. It's Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, but it's Tales from the Crypt done badly. It's campy. Mm-hmm. It's serious ideas presented in a cartoon fashion. Almost intentionally to the point of annoyance because, yes, it was made by a major studio who was trying to do a creep show kind of thing with the Mm -hmm. comic book theme, but it was also the late 2000s. It's better than some of the slock, slock, if I can say that word properly, you had to sit through in the late 2000s. I mean, no doubt. Like, absolutely, that's fine. I'm glad that it exists. I'm glad it's a film that I can watch this time of year, but it's not better than your classic top ten Halloween films, either.
0: I agree, uh, and the way I think of it is, it's another classic case of a movie that's well done. Like it, it, it you can't argue. It's it's a well produced, well directed film. It looks good. I, I get the uh, maybe the aesthetic appeal because it looks very Halloweeny. But it's you know it is what it is, right? But my argument is, yes, you could watch that, or. You could just watch Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. I don't know that I like Demon Knight more. Well, folks, that's been the last episode. Of <laughs> <Right Lab. laughs> I'm sorry that I don't mean that. But anyway, you know, um, ultimately, I, I think I keep coming back to this thing. The You know, year after year for just a bunch of reasons, right? The most obvious is my love of the horror genre. It's easy to do if you really enjoy it. But I also think that the way horror was spread in the last few years gives you a lot to work with, right? From classics becoming more available to the explosion of easily accessible and high-quality indie flicks, the genre is everywhere. As I've said in previous episodes, horror is having a moment right now. You have so much to choose from, and it can be catered to almost every taste the cinematic mainstream might always seem to push towards, like, sterile homogeneity, but horror isn't. And frankly, I'm not convinced that it can ever really get to be either sterile or homogeneous. So one could easily just follow a handful of horror movie trends and end up with a list of 31 films that's very different but very interesting over the course of just one month, right? And there's an element of movie marathons in this whole thing, I think. Log on to Reddit right now, and you'll find so many threads, some of which are several years old, where people were comparing notes and lists of films. Horror is a big tent, a mutant family, as Darcy and Joe Bob might put it. Movies are always fun with a good audience, especially when they're dedicated to the same weird stuff you are. As someone who kind of accidentally became a horror critic, there's this part of me that just feels a little warm and or fuzzy around October and its celebration of the spooky stuff. Part of me just loves the frivolity of Halloween celebrations, and part of me just really likes the macabre stuff. The 31 days of, well, whatever you want to call it, just seems like a perfect mixture of the two. So for a little bit of like personal reference, uh, on the day that I was writing this script, uh, I'd been recovering from COVID and had also just finished watching The Queen of Black Magic on Shudder, for the reference that's the most uh, modern one. And you want to know something? Even though that's one of the ickiest movies I've watched in a good long while, And even though COVID symptoms really suck, that movie put me in a good mood. In short, I really live for this. And I totally understand people who don't. I can imagine showing the Queen of Black Magic to about three-fourths of the people I know in my day-to-day life and having them simply respond with, dude, what is your
1: problem? Have you ever tried being that guy that... Brings out Old Boy. I realize this is the second time I brought up Old Boy, <laughs> and I apologize, but yeah, I I know the feeling, my friend.
0: <laughs> well, at the time that like the whole uh quote unquote extreme Asian film thing happened, I was in a room full of people who were happy to pull out movies like that. I remember watching Ichi the Killer with people and having a moment where I realized these are really my people, but man, what is wrong with us? <laughs> God, Ichi the Killer. Man, that movie has has aged weird. And with that in mind, most of the people who would be criticizing me for The Queen of Black Magic or Ichi the Killer, maybe they would be right for doing so. But when you think about my beloved 31 for 31, it really does drive home what you love about horror, at least if you're like me anyway. So what I'm trying to say here is that this challenge is really for the type of person who is just a pure diehard addict for this genre or for people who want to make an event out of their seasonal film diet. And I wouldn't want to do this any other time of year, right? I tend to watch a friggin' boatload of these movies year round as it is, but, you know, the calendar kind of lines it up. And what about you, my dear audience? What are your Halloween plans? Are you partaking in the challenge? And if so, what 31 movies are you working on this month? Anything you think I should add to my list for maybe this year or next year? You can let us know by contacting us at the lab podcast at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram at fright underscore lab underscore pod. You can follow us on Letterboxd if you're following that. It's a lot of fun. We're just Fright Lab Pod. Uh,
1: Joe, where can people find your other projects? Let me tell you, my friend, the Fright Lab has become something of a monster if I can keep us on brand. The Discord server has launched. It is available. And what I want from you dear listener, is to join us. We want to keep every conversation going. You can find it. There will be a link in the show notes at discord.frightlabpodcast.com. I've been hanging out with AJ. The Nerf Herder Council has been talking about all things nerdy. We've been talking about Star Trek. If you love heavy metal music, you need to check out every podcast we are creating at discussmetal.com. We talk about your favorite bands, my favorite bands, right now join us on discord do you want us to start a patreon too while we're at it i can pull that off and we can come up with some extra stuff for you let us know on discord you heard me say it discord.frightlabpodcast.com please take out your phone scroll to the left scroll to the right find the place in your podcast player of choice to give us the thumbs up, to give us the five-star review. Let us know what you're thinking. We want to hear from you. You heard Lucas say at the Fright Lab podcast at gmail.com. Lucas, tell everyone how much we love independent artists, independent media, and independent
0: music. For those fans who have been sticking with us since the beginning, we're coming up on the first year anniversary of our show. We launched formally, I believe, on October 30th, so we're nearly a year old. A year in, and the reception that the show has gotten and the amount of downloads that we see. Yeah. We're not going to crack the Spotify top 500 anytime soon. Yet yet, but it's been heartwarming to know that so many other people love what we're doing and care about what we're up to. So we want you all to log on to discord and join this conversation with us because we believe, as I say, literally every freaking episode for the last like six or eight months, if you want to get there fast, go alone. But if you want to get there safe, go with the team. We're building that team right now. And as always, The Fright Lab is written and researched by me, Lucas Yocum. Joseph Wren is our intrepid producer and trusty co-host. We appreciate every single one of you. We will talk to you very soon. And hey, all, happy Halloween.
1: You ever tried reading the abominable dr Fibes audiobook without moving your lips (laughs) (laughs) They, they made that and that ladies and gentlemen is the line i want for the end of the show